Grab your joysticks and put them in the freezer. It's time for joysticks and chill. Welcome to episode 22 of the Joysticks and Chill podcast, the podcast by gamers, for gamers, unless that gamer says, good game, good game, when it clearly wasn't a good game. My name is John Mouse, and joining me is a man with a voice so smooth that Body Shop are going to name a body butter after him. It's Nezzy. Hello, everyone. And not joining me is Jay. Unfortunately, Jay had to work this evening, but he wants that everyone to know that he is going to give every listener a free pizza if you tweet him so tweet him for free pizza um also not joining me this evening is dan mr hardly dan the reason that he is not able to join us on the podcast tonight is because he's currently having a meeting with google uh, google are very worried that dan is going to put them out of business because of all the knowledge that he possesses incredibly worried so yeah no dan no jay tonight but rest assured normal service will resume next week hopefully unless next week nessie we don't turn up and dan and jay do it <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i think i think dan and google are setting up a, a bit of a deal that what's just going to happen is when you type a question into google it just messages down and dan just texts it back <laughs> that google are going to be um working to because it's going to be the quickest way to get the answers to all of life's questions i think that's exactly what they're going to do so we might as well um jump straight into story time who should go first uh nessie would you like to go first what have you been up to this past week it's just the two of us now, so we can just chat shit for ages. It's been a really nice week. So we had like a week or two where it was just raining all the time. It was horrible. But we've had lovely weather for about a week. Um, and obviously with things opening up again and the ability to see people, that's coupled with the beautiful weather means that I've had the first really busy weekend that I've had a long time that I've had a long time. So um we went and had a barbecue at my friend Lee, Leroy, who you may have seen on our Discord or um in on a couple of the play dates. Um and I went round to his house. We had a barbecue in his garden, so I went round with Heather and the children and saw him and his wife um and his daughter. Um and he's a bit of a um barbecue enthusiast. Mm. And so he'd made some briskets which he'd been smoking for about 15 hours. And in fact, the night before, I was online with him. We were just in an Xbox party. Because what he did the night before is he slept downstairs so he could hear his little temperature alarms on his barbecue. So it's got like an alarm. So if it goes, obviously a brisket, which has been smoked for like 15 hours, the idea is to 
it to be at really steady temperature. So you don't want it to go over a certain amount or below a certain amount. And in order to do that, you have to like keep it topped up with coal. You have to look after it. So what he did is he slept downstairs. Well, he was up to crazy time, crazy times playing on his Xbox anyway. But then he slept downstairs so he could tend to the meat. Um, well, that sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> A meat tent. <laughs> He stayed downstairs tending to his mate. Um, and then as a result, the next day, we had, we had two delicious briskets. We had some pizzas as well for the kids and my daughter, who is a, um, a vegetarian. And it was just really nice. And like my kids, my, my daughter is what, 11, his daughter is 10. So, um, and it's been years since they've seen each other, really. So it was nice to see them playing together. And there was a few kids playing around the way from like um, around where they live. So, all my kids were playing out in the garden and playing in the park and it was just it was just really nice we had a few beers some amazing food and it was really good um and so that was when that was on saturday uh, oh yeah it was bank holiday was it and then on sunday my mom had the children in the night so heather and i went out and we went out for something to eat well we were kind of just going to go wander out and find something to eat or drink but we ended up walking for about four miles which was nice but we ended up in in the center of stockport and we just there wasn't there wasn't much open because it was like sunday night and we ended up having like food at barretto lounge but again it was just nice to be out and about um it was really good so that was sunday night and then on monday afternoon um heather's mom had the kids for a few hours while it went on to my other friend's house um and just had a barbecue again in the garden um so it's like the most that we've been out in god knows how long and it was just we had, we had lots of good food and a few drinks and some sunshine some nice family fun and some nice fun with my friends so it was really it was really really nice so uh yeah that's my um that's my busy week of socializing and seeing people yeah i have i've been out quite a bit actually um just today we got back from the farm. My, uh, my lovely wife and I took my daughter to the farm to go and see the animals. And uh, yeah, we thought she was going to do a really cute thing when she went closer to one of the goats. We thought she was going to stroke it, but instead she poked it in the eye. And <laughs> we, we didn't allow her to do this. We pulled her back quite quickly, but then she went back up and after I said, no, you know, come on. Don't do that. Look, stroke the goat. Yeah, she did it again in the other eyeball. So, unfortunately, <laughs> I hope, I really hope that that goat is okay. I really do, and that there's not a blind goat walking around. <laughs> did, the, did the goat not trying to headbutt the child? No. Like if, you do on, um, you've been framed. Thankfully, it was on the other side of the fence. And however, my daughter's only got little fingers and not much strength. So I think the, the goat eyeballs are fairly safe. Uh, but yeah, we went to the farm and it, it was a lot of fun and had a really good time. Um, tomorrow, I've got my vaccination for my second dose. So I'm really hoping that I'm not going to be too rough or too ill because I was quite ill. For, for about a day um, after the last one. But yeah, once I'm all vaccinated up, I'm going to be licking all the lampposts, <laughs> touching every surface in sight outside. 
<laughs> you'll finally be able to taste Birmingham again. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not sure I'd want to. Definitely not Birmingham. I'll drive somewhere nicer. But yeah, yeah, it's been it's been good really. It's been a really good week. We've been out in the sun a lot and we've yeah, just had a really good time. I've been to the pub a couple of times as well and it's been really amazing to see friends and I, I genuinely mean that. It has been amazing. I've made the most of it. And whereas before I might have been it might have the, the time and might have rolled around and a few hours before I'm supposed to be somewhere like at the pub or something, I might start thinking, hmm, maybe I'm going to spend tonight playing the Xbox instead or watching a movie or something. Whereas now I definitely think to myself, no, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out. I'm going to make the most of it. I've had pretty much a year, over a year of sitting in playing the PlayStation or the Xbox. And yeah, I'm really enjoying just going out and speaking to people and just going out and having a good time, having a few beers, having a good laugh. I started tutoring as well. So I put out a post a while back to say that I'd be willing to do some tutoring because I know I don't always sound like it, but I am a fully qualified teacher with lots of experience. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, I put out some posts months ago now just saying i'm willing to do some tutoring and to set it all up and yeah i had lots and lots of interest i decided to to start it and now restrictions have been lifted at the moment i've got a student who is literally a few roads away from me like three roads away from me takes hardly any time to get there and i go over and tutor her once a week and I did the first session last week and it went really, really well. And I've set up, yeah, lots of, lots of different stuff for it already. I've set up so, so many different things and I've got so many plans in place for it that, yeah, it's, it's going well. I'm really enjoying it. What if you become a full time tutor? I mean, I could. I could. It, it could be a possibility because of the amount of interest that, that I've had. It's, blow me away actually with the amount of people that have have asked and um already just this week it's i've gone from uh, just doing the introductory session with one student and it's already now coming up to being two if i decide to to take on the second one so yeah and there's there's lots and lots of other people that have got back to me and asked me if i could do it some of them being online some of them being in the same house so yeah it's definitely a possibility i've I've applied for quite a few full-time teaching posts anyway uh, because that's that's really where my heart is and really what what um i like the stability i like having a the same class for a year but i'm still going to carry on with the tu- tutoring even when uh, i'm teaching because i do it on the weekends anyway and yeah it's 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 good it's really good other than that um i do have some plans coming up i am going to start streaming on the vg hub twitch channel that Fraser put together. Yeah, I'm going to do my first stream, fingers crossed, this coming Tuesday, and then my second stream, fingers crossed, this coming Friday. And it will be a morning one, if possible. I know that's not like prime time, but that's the time I've got available. What um, what are you going to stream? I want it to be a PC game. I know that for sure. Is that because of cameras? 
it makes it easier for the cameras yeah that's the main reason it makes it much much easier in terms of of the cameras and how i can just do it through obs then it makes it very easy and i'm very used to that and how it's set up and also because i don't really think there'll be many people that will want to sit there watching me play fifa again <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's, I mean, I wouldn't want to watch someone play FIFA and I enjoy FIFA. Like, I want to see a different game where you can really get into it. And I think it would be really dull to stream a game like City Skylines or Two Point Hospital and those sort of building games because they're so incredibly slow. So I've got a few possibilities. Eventually, I'd like to stream some Valorant and get into Valorant a lot more. But it will either be Counter-Strike or it will be Payday. It definitely won't be Football Manager (laughs) with how slow that game is um, and how long it takes me to do anything. Or it could possibly be something from my Steam. It could possibly be something from there. I'd maybe even like to eventually stream some like grand theft auto role play because it was mechanics that got me into that at one point and i haven't played it much recently but it that's like another world in of itself but yeah i'm really looking forward to, to getting into and doing a bit of streaming and the reason why i don't really do it much myself on our channel is because i find it so difficult to find the time to to keep creating the content but then if you know that you've got other people that are on that channel as well that are going to put out content here and there even if it's sporadic i think yeah i can get on board with that much more so have you um have you have you streamed from your console before did you say you'd streamed fifa have you always streamed from your pc I've streamed from my PlayStation 4 lots of times because I've got PlayStation VR and the VR came with the PlayStation camera. So that made it really easy to stream the screen and then have a camera that was facing me as well. That made it very easy. But for my Xbox, I don't have a camera or anything set up for it. So I think it would make it more difficult. However, I've got Xbox Game Pass on PC as well. So the majority of the games... I can just play through the PC. Because I um I really want to do some some streaming and I did think about doing it on our channel, but the issue I've got is obviously I'm on a console and with the new console, you can do it, but it's like a specific cameras that you have to have that you know or that you can automatically um stream for you Twitch. And I looked and they were like seven I think the cheapest one was like seventy five quid. Um, obviously you can't really stream without a camera really um, yeah so I just needed to get myself a webcam but I've, I've been bought it's, it's just not top of my list of toys to buy um, but now that there is like the VG Hub Twitch channel which means there's, there's like a platform kind of there already that you can kind of fit into I might push up the um, the webcam up my toys to buy list to do some, <laughs> some streaming I've never, I've never done it before but it does look well it looks like fun but i don't know where it is i don't know whether talking constantly while you're playing a game is difficult or fun but i would like to find out so i'm going to try and get a camera set it up in my front room um and then do some streams because it'd be good if we, i wanted to do some streams with um with heather as well you know like some 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 of the co-op games that we play um yeah so i am going to try 
Yeah, that's really good. Maybe you could yeah. do, maybe you could do one of those for the VG Hub channel. Yeah. Very good. Well, that's what I'll do. If I get this new channel hours spur me a little bit to get a camera sorted out. So yeah, so I'm gonna see if I can get a camera sorted out and then speak to Fraser and see if I can get myself a slot on um on VG Hub and do a little bit of streaming. Yeah, I'm gonna message him and say I mean I know it will be at a time where it would be difficult. It would be difficult for people to watch, but that's the time I've got free at the moment of a Tuesday. May maybe the odd Sunday, um, but mostly it will be Tuesday morning, Friday morning ish. But then it saves the stream anyway afterwards and stuff. So yeah, we'll just see. I, I, I like the idea of it. I really do. Um, other than yeah, my tutoring, vaccination, the Twitch channel on the farm. That's that's pretty much everything for me, really. A good few weeks. It's it, it's been really good. Yeah, really, really enjoying myself. Really enjoying the weather, and yeah, loving it. Have you been up to anything else? Well, yeah. As as the world opens back up somewhat, and we're more able to see people. Um, after getting my quest, I invited, as you do. My sister had a look at it, and my mum had a look at it, and my sister said to me the next day, saying that she'd ordered one. So she's had hers about two, three weeks. She had hers about two, three weeks now. But surprisingly, my mum messaged me about four days ago, saying that she had ordered one as well, which is really surprising because <laughs> my mum has never played a computer game in her life. But yeah, she got hers delivered yesterday, and like I was getting ready. So my mum is. 63, 64, not that it really matters, but to be fair, my mum does like technology, like my mum's like me, like she likes, she likes getting a new TV, she gets one every couple of years and she likes, she likes tech and stuff, like TV, but she's never really been into computer games, but she kind of got this and I, I, I expected her, she got it delivered and I messaged her, she sent me the picture and I messaged her saying, if you need some help set, setting it up, then let me know, then she's like, oh, I've already set it up, so I was, like, I was pretty impressed by that, because um, it's not the easiest thing to do, setting up Oculus with all the Facebook fannying about that you have to do but yeah so so yeah so last night my mum was on there one thing about the quest that i have to say is that it's not very easy to meet people on there like it's it's it does a horrible job of showing you when someone's online it's very difficult to find a friends list showing who's online so um yeah, it doesn't handle that very well. So there was just lots of fannying about trying to get, you know, like in a space with my mum in the VR world. But we ended up on big screen. A big screen is like, I think I mentioned it a couple of times before, it's like a cinema type app. And you have like your own little room, which is like a little living room with a fire and stuff where you start off in and then you can choose to go into all these cinema rooms. Or you can have your own cinema room that you play your own content through. You can buy like... I can get in my room and then I get a code. I get code for my room. So then I had to ring my mom, give her the code. So I've got my headset on. She's got her headset on. We're on loudspeaker. And I'm like giving her the code to the room. And then that's how she gets into the room, which in itself is a bit of a crappy system. You'd think you'd be able to just send an invite to the person on your friends list. Maybe I've just been spoiled by Xbox Live, which is obviously 
an ecosystem which has been around for a long, long time. And I guess Oculus has not been around for that long. But there's some definite improvements they could do to be able to meet other people. But we finally kind of got in there and it was just fun to just be in this room with my mum. And like, literally, she was in the room. No, she was in the room and then I got, oh no, she came into the room and she was like looking for me. And I was like stood behind her in the room. I'm going, hiya mum. And then she's like, oh, where are you? And obviously I can see her like a virtual reality self and I'm like stood directly behind her. So she looks like to the left just before she gets to me and goes, I can't see you anywhere. Then turns around the other side, <laughs> looks to the right and can't see, and goes, oh, I can't see you anywhere. And I'm like, mum, just turn all the way around and you can find me. And it's just mad to be stood actually behind someone in the game we had like a little chat we jumped into a room so like big screen has got it's got like it's got free content in there so like amc i think have a channel where they play there's like a horror channel where there's lots of horror films and they play like the walking dead this sports stuff and there's music stuff so there's like there's lots of free stuff you know if it, if it was like the only thing you had to watch you'd be all right with it but there's much better stuff to watch online. So you're probably not really going to look at the free stuff unless like me and mum were just trying it out yesterday. And you can both go like in the cinema together and you both sat next to each other on a chair with a big screen and we're having a chat and eating some fake popcorn. And it was just really nice. So, um, it, cause it took us a while to get set up. It was quite late by the time we, um, we got onto big screen. So I look forward to like finding ways that I can get together with my sister and, and my mum in the future in a VR world and play some multiplayer games together. Yeah, so it was just mad that, like, you know, my family both saw my quests and they're not cheap. And they both, like, pretty much went out and bought them in the in, in the um, in the next few days. So it seems like VR is going to be quite a popular thing, really, because, um, yeah, if my mum got one, then I guess lots of people were going to get one. So that was that. So film-wise, I watched... A film this week which i guess lots of people have probably already seen as well because it's like number one ranked on netflix and that film is army of the dead so it's a netflix film came out i believe this week or possibly the week before it stars batista is that how you say it the wrestler yeah yeah um who else <sighs> I don't know if there's anybody else famous in it, but the premise, and I'll just give a slight overall premise of it. The premise, it's a, it's a, it's a heist film and a zombie film. And the premise in the film is that there was been, there was like a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, but it was contained within Las Vegas. So Las Vegas is now this huge walled off city. And in there is just a, load of zombies and creatures and it's a heist film where they have to go and get something out of there yeah i've really enjoyed it it was like a good film it, it's obviously like you know it's like light entertainment i say light entertainment it's obviously violent and gory but it's like you know there's no deep story in it or anything but it's got some good action scenes it's got some cool zombies in it um i thought batista does a good job i really like him since i've watched the um What's it called? Guardians of the Galaxy films. And I think he's hilarious in that. Since I watched them, I really like him now. So I really like him in this too. So yeah, I recommend it. It's a couple of hours long, but it's a good film. And I definitely recommend it. And that's it really for um, what I've been up to. Um, I've got one more thing. So um, I've got. To, I've definitely got to talk about this. So um, a few weeks back, for the Overseas Connection, they do on their podcast, The Victory Achieved. 
competition where you finish your game, you take a photo of yourself with credits in the background and you tweet it to them and your name gets entered into a hat and then you can win a prize and things. Anyway, I sent a tweet over to the overseas connection a few weeks back now that um of a game that i'd finished i think it was assassin's creed unity or rogue or it was unity i think it was one of them anyway that i wasn't really enjoying and as a bit of a joke i said i wasn't really enjoying this but instead i'll pull this fade for you and i pulled this like quite disturbing yet i thought it was quite funny <laughs> like muck like you know look how much fun i had playing this game sort of face and Greg, host services connection and just all round all American hero. He uh, sent the tweet out again to sort of like put me on blast with it, like for how creepy the picture was. So when I completed the next game, I think it was one of the games I'm going to talk about. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was. When I completed that one, I <laughs> sent the tweet because Robin had made a comment on their previous show that the look in John's eyes, it's it, it's almost like they're come to it's like he's got his come to bed eyes and he's giving me that look. So I did like the creepiest like stare <laughs> into the camera that I could possibly do when I finished the game this time. And I tweeted them that and uh yeah, that was a hell of a lot of fun as well. Um I realised though I'd sent the tweet just after they'd finished recording their most recent show. So I'll have to wait till next week's one to find out what they say about it. But I'm having so much fun with it now. And it comes to something where I'm trying to finish games just to see what a funny picture I can post at the end. <laughs> have you got your Have you got your faces planned out for the next games? Or are you just going to take it one at a time? Yeah, I've got a spreadsheet. <laughs> we've graphs just imagine you in the mirror like in the little room just putting out all these faces and like sketch back going no it's not quite right yeah. i'll start again that face is not the right one i've got like one of those one of those walls with like different photos of my face and like string connecting them to different games <laughs> Um, I look forward to I look forward to scrutinizing your face whenever you complete a game. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, carrying on with that. It's I'm just having so much fun with it, and yeah, I love their show and love their podcast and everything. Anyway, so I think if we're all done here, it's time for us to move on, and we will be moving on to find out what we have been playing. You've got loads more than me, so do you want to sandwich me? You start. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Maybe the tasty meat in the middle. <laughs> Let's do this. So I'm going to do a little OG. OG RPG. Update first. So OG RPG, I'm still playing it. I'm still loving it. It's my obsession for this game has ramped up. It's got worse. I find myself playing it first thing in the morning last thing at night if my daughter wakes up sometimes even in the middle of the night <laughs> it's yeah it's got very bad and lots and lots of people now are signing up with my referral code so therefore they're getting some free loot boxes and things still 
Sadly for OGRPG, I am still the only member in the Joysticks and Kill Gang. <laughs> I, I am repping it all by myself. Um, the gang ranks in fifth place is Joysticks and Kill because I'm doing it by myself at the moment. People are signing up. Just no one's joining me. I don't know if like maybe I smell or there's, there's just something they don't like. Um, in fourth place is the company. In third place is Def Jam. Great gang. Great, 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 great gang. And in second is the gang that sounds like they should be a slang word for uh, clunge from in between us is the gang called Sploosh. And then <laughs> the first gang is the worst gang. That is that is what they're called, worst gang, which they're obviously not the worst gang because they're at the top. I used to be a member of the worst gang and then I went to Def Jam because Method Man in Def Jam is an absolute legend. Played the last round with him as well. And if it wasn't for me having to manage joysticks and kill and all the millions of people that are currently in here that I have to manage, then I would definitely be in Def Jam. But I'm really, just really enjoying the game, loving it. I'll go on for a few minutes, commit a few crimes, fight a few people, do a few little bits here and there, and then I'm off again doing whatever else I'm doing that day and then I jump back on and do a few more and I just think it's it's just super easy super fun load it up quickly on my phone jump in do a few things and um lots of people sign up and they've used the loot boxes there's two players at the the top of the ranks at the moment that are battling for supremacy with one another and it is so close between them and I do tend to keep a little eye on how they're sort of doing in in terms of who's really at the top and they've been jumping backwards and forwards between each other so in first place is mud who keeps kicking my ass with the racing as well because i've got like a fully maxed out car fully modded it's got everything that he needs to do but he's just kicking my ass with it and then second place is I thought you were going to say he's kicking my ass because I've got a Corsa in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't ever make it around the lap. It just stops halfway. Uh, second place is It's Kashmir in the game. He's second. I mean, those two are really fighting it out and they're in different gangs as well and they are proper going for it. Um, I am down in eighth place and recently, the highest that I managed to get up to recently was fifth. But then I hovered around sixth, hovered around seventh, and I've, I've slipped down to eighth place at the moment. I am fighting to stay in the top ten. I could tell you that now. <laughs> so what's what's stopping you from reaching the dizzy heights of the what? You, what are they doing that you're not doing? Is it spending the amount of time, or is it a case of you're just not as good as them at the game? Both, really. Um, so every, certain things that you do allow you. To, excuse me, allow you to gain different ranking points. So if I was to fight lots of different players, I'll get ranking points from fighting those players. If I go into the tournaments and race other players, I believe, I might be wrong in saying this, that you get some ranking points for doing that. But for the drug factory as well, if I raid other players, that builds up your ranking points. And different things you do will allow your rank to increase and to grow um, 
I'm not sure if it's still the case, but it used to be that winning on the horses would do something for that as well. So dip, just just by playing the game, you'll you'll get those get different ranking points to be able to build them up to for them to be able to to take one another over. Um, I don't really do much in terms of fighting other players too often, um, and I don't do much in terms of raiding other factories either i tend to mostly just do the crimes and do the races and just tick along with those things i know recently they've changed they made an update to the game that the, the guy that runs this game is he's fantastic he listens to people he wants to make the game as fantastic as possible he's poured his heart and soul into it over many many years and he's he will still continue to do so um, because the, the reason that, that this, this game came about is because um, myself and a, a several other players and especially the, the guy that made this game, Mac, we all used to play a game that I started playing when I was about 14 and obviously I'm 32 now and that game was called Urban RPG and it was very, very similar to this game. It was text-based online boomed in popularity at one point when we were playing it and it, it was it was just fantastic it was absolutely fantastic had a real good community of people and yeah it was it was excellent and this game is very very much like that it's, it's a real homage to do that game um and yeah he's always working on it all the time him and him and his his staff team do a fantastic job and the game update they recently done is they've upped the ranking points as well for the fighting so if people are putting in more fights than me they're going to go up the ranks much quicker um i looked at i didn't know you could find this but i because i've been putting a lot of time in trying to get good at racing and putting my stats into the driving my upgrades into the driving stats and modifying my car and making it as beastly as possible it, it tracks the fastest lap that a car has managed to make in the game and it's cashmere has the fastest lap in a modified alfa romeo gt now i have a modified alfa romeo gt as well and his lap that was set on the 30th of may it was quick really quick 472 seconds is that i don't know 472 basically says it's very 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 quick um but it goes for a top 10 now, considering I also have that car, uh, I'm not even in the top 10 for the fastest lap. So um, I'm guessing that when I upgraded my car, it, it, my, um, it's based on not just your driving level, but your mechanic skill as well. So if you improve your mechanic skill and put that car into your gang's garage and upgrade it, his will have upgraded better than mine if he's got a higher mechanic skill. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm not in the top 10 at all. So I, I'm making it my goal to try and break into that. But yeah, OGRPG. Oh. I'm still loving it. I'm still playing it. It's still a fantastic game. It's it's the type of game as well that if you are to you can play it exactly how you want. You can go on, play a little bit of it here and there, and then leave it and not bother, um, and then go back and play a tiny little bit here and there. Log on once a week, and you your character would still grow. But if you sit there and you really start to put time into figuring out little bits of it and talking to the people that are on there through Discord or joining a gang and messaging people and so on, it it really does become the sort of game where 
um, you can just meet some fantastic people, really fantastic people. It's not toxic at all. There's rivalry. There's, there's the rivalry and there's a lot of banter and people, you know, going after one another and stuff, but it's all done within the role play of the game. Um, it's not like Xbox Live where very recently someone threatened to come and kick my head in. I'm going to find your IP address. I'm going to find your house and kick your head in. <laughs> okay, sure you are. Last week's show, as we were talking about it, I thought, oh, this sounds like loads of fun. So I signed up to it. But then the mistake I made is that I said, oh, I'm going to play this. And an issue I have is... I don't like do, doing things that I have to do. <laughs> I'm just a procrastinator. <laughs> so what happens is that whatever things I have to do, when I'm thinking about doing them, when I'm halfway through doing them, I'll just replace it with something I don't have to do. It doesn't matter what those things are. And I made the mistake of putting this game on something that I said I was going to do, so I just never got around to doing it. So I'm going <laughs> to add it to things I'm not going to do this week. I'm definitely not going to play it. And then what probably happened is that one of the things I have to do when I'm doing that, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that OG RPG, yeah, I'll play that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so hopefully I'll learn. So, hope, so I won't play it is basically what and we'll see what happens next week. I think that's a good plan. I'm going to pop it into um, the show notes as well um, because, like I say, that there's great community there already. The more people that join, the better. I saw that Fraser joined recently as well. I sent him an invite to my gang and I'm really hoping that he joins so I'm not just here on my one. It wouldn't be look, – looking at the ranking points that the gangs have, it wouldn't be difficult to overtake – most at least two of them it wouldn't be difficult at all because i mean i've nearly got enough ranking points by myself in the gang to jump up to the next level almost so it wouldn't be that difficult at all um but yeah that that's a O-G-R-P-G. tell me something that you've been playing nessie what, what have you been playing okay so i have been playing a game is a genre that I don't very often play at all, and that genre is horror. Now, I remember one of the first games that I kind of had access to when I was very, very young on my dad's computer was, I think it's called Alone in the Dark. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, rem- I remember always wanting to play the game. So, like, going upstairs, and my dad's PC used to be, like, in their bedroom. So, if I'd be playing it, I'd be playing it on my own. And this was when I still lived in Belgium. So, I would have been less than nine at the time, which doesn't actually sound that young now. But I feel I was young at the time. I was quite young at the time. Anyway, so I used to always want to play it. I used to put the game on. But then I used to just get scared and not be, be, be able to carry on playing it. And then wanting to play it... But then, then just not playing it, and that's kind of the relationship that I've had with horror games. And like, I enjoy horror films, and I'm not scared of ghosts or monsters, you know. Like, I walk the dog like in the dead of night sometimes, like through forests and stuff, and it's pitch black and it's really spooky. And that stuff does not bother me at all. And I also don't really care about dying in games because in pretty much 99% of games that you die. But for some reason with horror games, I think it's because they're tense and they purposely create this 
yeah, just this tense feeling that although I want to play the game, I just think, oh, I don't know. I just don't, I just can't handle that tense feeling for, um, for like the next two hours. But there's been all this talk of the Resident Evil, um, the vill- village is the new one. Yeah, village is the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been hearing lots of great, amazing things about it from lots and lots of people. Um, and from what I've seen of it, I was like, oh, I really want to play this game. But I know that Resident, I already have Resident Evil 7. Um, and I just hadn't played it, and I thought I can't justify or afford really to buy the Resident Evil, the new Resident Evil, if I don't play the Resident Evil Seven, especially as it's um, it kind of leads into um, to Resident Evil Eight. So that was a really long way of saying I've been playing Resident Evil Seven, <laughs> <laughs> and this is it is it is a really good game, but it's a re- it's a beautiful game. Um, I think dark games, and I think we know this. Even Condemned, which came out well over ten years ago, games where things are generally dark and you're just shining a light, they can look especially good, like especially realistic. And this game is the same. It's like a really, really nice looking game um, because you're just in this house and it's all dark, and the the shadow the shadows are good, the lighting is good. So it's a really, really beautiful game. Um, the story as well is really good. It's kind of like a classic horror story. You're in a place you're not too familiar with. Um, I won't say too much about the plot in case of spoilers, but you know, you know what happens in a house. Um, so there's like this crazy family, and there's a story that unravels. Um, and it's a pretty interesting story. You know, you're in the story, so obviously you're trying to get yourself out of the situation, but then there's also other people in the story that you're trying to save. So they're telling like a few little different stories through kind of flashbacks and through you playing the game. So yeah, so it's a really good game and I've been really enjoying it. Well, I say enjoying it, and this is this is my question, like, are you supposed to enjoy playing horror games? Because <laughs> I kind of like playing it, but when I'm, when I'm playing it, it's like, I'm not... I'm not exactly having fun. Like, this isn't fun, but I still want to do it. When I play other games, I'm generally having fun, but with those, I'm not having fun. And I think that's the thing that sometimes makes me stop playing horror games. Um, do you play Do you play many horror games? Um, no. So I usually go out of my way to avoid them, not just because I'm a massive pussy, but, yeah, I, I find similar to you really i know i know it doesn't always make great podcasting when everyone agrees <laughs> but yeah it's similar reasons to you like depends on what type the horror is so when i played resident evil 7 i really didn't like it because i was playing it in psvr and oh, yeah. I wasn't a fan of that. If it's a game like Left 4 Dead, where I know I've got loads of guns, then I'm absolutely fine with that, and you can run away if you need to. Or if it's a game where I feel like I can fight back, like going back to when you were talking about Alone in the Dark, you've always been able to to fight back. There's always been an aspect of you being able to defend yourself. But if it's one of these games like Outlast or Outlast 2, or Amnesia, or um, Here They Lie, or um, those type of games where the horror comes because you can't defend yourself or you can't run away, 
then yeah, I avoid those like the plague. Um, a problem I had with the last Resident Evil as well was even in VR, it looked so realistic. Y- yeah, that did put me off a little bit. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't play many horror games at all. Uh, and I really have to be in the right frame of mind to play it. But mostly I see them and I skip over them, t- to be honest, and go and play something that, that that's not as scary. I, pl- I played Outlast. I did play that and complete that about three years ago because I put it on a list of games that I said I was going to complete. So I played it because I wanted to, because because I made myself. Otherwise, it would have just sat in my list and I'd be like, oh, not this time, not this time. And then I played Resident Evil 2, the remake. Yeah, the remake that they did of Resident Evil 2. And that was brilliant. And then now I'm playing this. And I think, I don't know if it's because of like my lack of experience of horror games but and i asked the question on the show last week and i asked it in the discord about using a guide or not now in resident evil 2 the remake i did about half of it without um and then later on i did use a guide and in this one i started it without a guide and i was fine but then when one of the main character comes, so like the dad of the house, when he starts to enter the picture, in my head I'm like, is this a game where I'm supposed to fight back? Or is this a game like with Nemesis where I'm just supposed to run away? Like, I was just totally unsure. It's like the first thing that I googled was like Resident Evil 7, like fight or run. Because obviously you don't get much ammo. And I'm always a bit of a... I've always a thing in games where I try to save stuff in case I'll need it anyway. Now, especially in horror games, like the last thing in my mind, the worst thing that could happen is that I can just start firing off rounds and stuff, but then I get to an hour later on in the game when I really need it and I don't have any ammunition. So I don't want to do that. So then, yes, yeah, so I Google, like, do you run away or fight? And like previous Resident Evil games have done in Nemesis in 3 and the big guy with a hat in 2, like... It's games where there are characters that you just have to run away from. Um, but because then, at that point, I was like, I'd got the answer to that, like, on a guide. So then basically, as, as soon as I was there, I was like, oh, well, I might as well just read what comes next. So then I read a couple of things and do them from the guide. And I felt at that point, once you've used the guide a little bit and the guide is telling you, right, you need to go to this room and have a look in there and get such and such and get such and such. Once, Once I'd read it, I was like... Well, I never would have known to do that if it wasn't for the guide. So I can't possibly go on without the guide. Um, but I think maybe I would have figured those things out probably quicker than I think I would because I guess games have a way of putting things in a general direction of where you're going or have a way of guiding you. So it wouldn't, I guess, been a case of just randomly looking about the house. But I found that once I'd looked at the guide i found it very difficult to not look at the guide which is why i asked the question but since then i've used the guide for some bits and then i've just i've not used it for i've not used it all the time so it's been a mix of one and both and i've done about five hours of the game um so i've done like the first section that you're in i've done that bit and then it kind of this kind of like a natural break in the game and you move on to like another slight section and i think i'm most of the way through that and i've done about five hours i looked on how long to beat and i think it's like an eight nine hour game so i'm a fair of the way through and i've been um i've been playing it this probably plays a part as to why i've 
I've been playing it is I've been playing it when I'm working from home some days of the week. Um, like I have like a lunch hour, obviously, which is like an hour and there's no children here and it's nothing and it's like the middle of the day. So I've been playing it then in the front room. I play it with my headphones on and I do draw the curtains, but it's not the same as playing it in the dark. So yeah, so I've been doing like an hour here or there and I'm enjoying it so far. I'm enjoying the story. I think the game looks brilliant i wouldn't like to be playing it without having a guide to refer to sometimes because you know when you're getting chased by you do you know sneaking around and hiding from a person that's walking around but then you also don't know where you're supposed to be going like if if i had to do that I don't think I'd have the patience for the game, but having a guy that I can just go to when I need a little bit of a hint or push in the right direction has been good. And I'm still finding it challenging because there is still elements of combat and stuff and there's still elements of stealth. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to hopefully complete it. And then I'm going to carry on just playing it an hour here or an hour there at lunchtime. Yeah, that's Resident Evil 7. And then hopefully, I'll probably need a two-year break, two, three-year break from horror games before I play Resident Evil 8, but at least I've taken the first step and I've started playing this and I'm enjoying it, but it is stressing me out when I play it. Yeah, that's it. Resident Evil 7 for me. Resident Evil. Nice. I'm going to jump into another one that I've been playing. I played this game and I enjoyed it so, so much. Uh, With Xbox, I love going on and getting the different rewards uh, for Game Pass. And I'm getting really good at mopping up lots and lots of rewards. And most of them are pretty simple. Um, Log into the Game Pass app, get a reward. Play a game on Game Pass, get a reward. Get an achievement in a game, get a reward. Um, You know, fairly basic things that you get rewarded for. But there's always a few that are play this game and do this within the game and we'll reward you. So there was one on there today that was score five goals in FIFA and you get some reward points for it. Nice and simple. There was one, um, I think it was last week or the week before, and it said go, uh, it was for the game Walking Dead New Frontier, the telltale point and click ones. And it was to go on and I think it said to make 12 decisions where you can, you make more than that in the first episode alone uh, because the game is based around making different decisions and talking to different characters and characters remembering what you've said to them and how you've chosen to be. And the choices you make in this game are incredible. I waited until I'd finished all five episodes and I went and looked up a choices tree to see how all of the possible choices you could take in the game could branch out. And it was insanely incredible how many different choices and paths the story can take. If you decide to pick up a certain object at a certain point in the game, it can completely change where the story goes for parts of it. You can kill off certain characters, keep other characters alive. And it's, it was brilliant. So I played walking way back when they came out, I played all of the first series of walking dead that had Lee and Clementine and, it was wonderful. And the second series I played as well. I didn't play the spin-off one, which had Michonne. I think you say it like that from The Walking Dead. Didn't play that one. Uh, but yeah, I then sort of fell off with these games after playing 
Life is Strange, um, which I know isn't Telltale, but it's sort of similar vein. And I played The Wolf Among Us. That's pretty much exactly what happened to me. I played the first two of The Walking Dead. I did start Michonne one, but didn't finish it. Um, Life is Strange, I, I, I didn't like it. I played to start the first one, but I didn't like it. Um, and The Wolf Among Us, I, I played that before that. And that was really good. But once I'd done like the first couple of Walking Deads and I'd done Life is Strange, I got a little bit bored of the formula and dropped out at that point. So I never played this new frontier either. Yeah, that's what happened to me. Exactly the same, actually. I played those first two Walking Deads, loved it. I started the Michonne one, didn't finish it. I played Life is Strange. I enjoyed Life is Strange, played all through it. Played Life is Strange before The Storm as well, which is a prequel, I think. Yeah, it is. And I enjoyed that one. I haven't played Life is Strange 2 yet. but And I played The Wolf Among Us, which I thought was really, really good. But having played those, I'd reached a point where I'd just, I'd just given up and wanted something different i knew what to expect and i remember when i was playing the walking dead it would stutter quite a bit on the xbox it would you'd i'd get to a decision and just through parts of the game it would stutter or it would stop or there'd be a long pause where between carrying out an or between talking to a character to the part of gameplay where you have to maneuver it with maybe it's running away or shooting or something like that there'd be like a big pause or a big stutter this runs as smooth as anything on the series s it's just there's no stuttering no loading no stopping it just ran beautifully the there's a lot more shooting in this one than there is in um the other walking dead games much more shooting and much more action heavy scenes but and the reason that, that I played these games before is this, you play them for the story, really, and, and less so the gameplay. But the story was really good, like really good. Uh, Clementine comes back into this story. She's very heavily involved in this one as well. Um, and it, it, yeah, it was it was just fantastic. The story that played out was brilliant. The characters, I genuinely cared about the characters as it went on. And because it had been long enough since I played the previous Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us and Life is Strange and all of that, I was ready to jump in and play this one. I'd say that this is a really, really good one. For me, none of them will be as good as the first series of Walking Dead. For me, that was really where it was was good um really where it was at its, its best it peaked <laughs> with its debut <laughs> um but yeah this, this one's definitely worth a go after i'd completed the quest for game pass and carried on with the game and i just wanted to see it through to the end then downloaded all the other episodes it was all free on game pass and it downloads incredibly quickly because it downloads episode by episode it is no option that I could see to download the entirety of all of the episodes in one go. It was fantastic as well for achievements because you'd earn achievements each chap achievements for each chapter. Some of the chapters only took literally like 10 minutes and it, the chapters would go through until you then get to the end of that episode and then you download the next episode. And it was, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It, I'd say probably in total from start to finish with the episodes, it took me a little over three hours 
all together, mm. maybe four, but it was just brilliant. Characters brilliant, voice acting brilliant. I noticed the little Easter egg towards the end as well. I know that a different studio finished off part of this game because of what happened with Telltale when they had been sort of told to wrap up and that they'd not, they weren't producing as many games things anymore and they'd put in a little easter egg for melissa hutchinson who voices uh, clementine in the game right towards the end of the game this isn't a spoiler in any way but right towards the end of the game you can see on the ground where some children have painted and drawn some different like drawings and things it says thank you melissa and I did spot that right at the end and thought that was a, a really nice touch. And then I Googled why it said that. And yeah, it's it's really good. It's well worth a go because it doesn't take too long. It, the story is honestly fantastic. And there were some real moments where genuinely I felt tense, like I really felt the tension. And yeah, is this something that you'd give a go? Um, yeah, I think, like I say, well, I've explained my history of it. And and there's another chapter to that story of why I got bored with these episodic games was I played the Batman one. And at the start of it, I was like, oh, I'm going to be Dick Batman, like throughout the whole thing. <laughs> so that takes away essentially all of what the game is about, which is just making decisions. So because I was always trying to make the Dick decision of the decisions because when you're always making like an extreme decision like, you would think that that would accumulate to a different ending but you can very quickly see that it's it's very there's not really much deviation for it and that's what like totally killed me off um that co- totally killed me off it um but it's been that it has been years since since that and i think what's and yeah and i was gonna ask you this i found um having no loading screens in games and it's the same on the series s isn't it that's all a no loading screen jobby yeah it's the same that there's some games that now feel so much smoother and so much of a a better experience because you're not seeing loading screens especially smaller games um and i think this is probably one of those games that benefits from being able to just quick start it and be straight in there, do a little bit. There's no loading screens between moving between um, the different scenes. There's no loading screen in between the episodes. So I think, um, yeah, that that must be really nice in this game now. And I'm gonna give this a shot probably. Knowing it takes three hours, uh, yeah, I'm interested in playing this again. Well, yeah, I looked up Batman um, because I haven't played that one, the Telltale one, and it's a really common question. Do choices even matter in the Batman Telltale series games? And the from the answers that, that I can find, it there's people saying a lot of the same things that realistically they don't because of it being with Batman, it's not, um, yeah, it's quite... Uh, sort of they need him to be a certain way where in the walking dead it doesn't matter they can kill the characters off they can do whatever they want with these characters you can beat the walking dead a new frontier in two hours you could sit there and you could blast out in two hours but there were parts of it where i really really took my time with aspects of exploring certain areas before wanting to move on and there was parts of it where maybe I overthought it in places. So it did take me probably, I think it took me about three, but yeah, it's 
it's just so good. It's definitely worth, I mean, we, we can spend hours and hours and hours playing some of these games where just giving up two hours for this one is definitely worth it. Mm, I might give it a go. Mm. Yes. So that was The Walking Dead, A New Frontier. And next one, let's jump in and go for it. I'm going to quickly mention this. This is actually from two, three weeks ago, and I didn't mention it. Um, but I played, I'd got like the, the game is Mafia 2. Now I'd got the remastered set of the three games. I played the remastered one of the first one, and it was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. Um, left a little break, and then I was down for some more Mafia action. Now I have played this game back in the day when it came out. So yeah, so I start the game. I was impressed again with the loading thing. Just no loading screen just makes, especially that game, I just thought, getting into it, starting, there's no loading screens. It was really, really cool. The game still looks fine. It's a little bit old fashioned, but it kind of looks like it's just a slightly different art style rather than it looking shit. So I didn't really mind. And the game starts and I start playing it. Something really put me off playing the game. And that is the racism in this game. Now, I know it was a big thing in Mafia 3 when that came out. And the conversations around, should there be racist, should should there be content in game which is racist because it's true of the time and what was happening. In Mafia 3, obviously, the character is black or was mixed race i remember uh, so it's obviously a big part of his story specifically but i never remember these conversations happening in mafia 2 now to anyone who's watched the sopranos or any of the kind of like mobster type films you know like these specific like italian americans don't really like black people and even in sopranos there's a lot of racial slurs used to describe black people and they're not described in a very nice way and i i remember even watching sopranos at the time and it was like uh, it's a bit weird as me being a black person because and this is the same in mafia too like although it's kind of obviously true as to what they were like but for me if i'm supposed to like the and you know even in sopranos they're anti-heroes or whatever and even in the game you know the criminals, they kill people, but they're still like, to you, they're still the good guy or they're the people that he's supposed to be behind. But when they're making very racist comments and the stuff at the start of the Mafia 2 game was just, it was so bad. Like, so the, the guy gets out of prison, your main character gets out of prison, he talks to his to his mate, he goes, oh, how's things? And he's like, oh, all these moulinars, which is like their racist term for black people, have taken over and like the place is a whole. And I was like, Okay, but even just the, the the proper like disdain in the word that they use, and like to say that it was like making the place dirty, and I was like, okay, well, that's fair enough. But then like the the ride carries on or something. They go and meet they go and meet someone else. Oh, um, and like I can't remember exactly what this says, but um, his answer was it was something about to do with the neighbor getting the neighborhood back and, and then he goes oh yeah when all these like fuck off back down south and i was like i'm like 10 minutes into the game here and like th this stuff is just like way too much I, was like, I can't play this game like it's just it's just too much and i can understand like 
games taking place in a historical time where race racist things are happening and therefore to kind of omit them from history is you know is just as bad because then people forget that those things have happened but when like my character and like my my homies in the game are just being like just talking so disgracefully about people. I was like, it's too much for me. And then I Googled it afterwards. And there is quite a lot of stuff on there about it being racist. And even about the police in the game being racist and stuff. Like, it's just, it's just a weird, it's just a, I just found it weird. Now I don't know how anybody else feels about this. And I'm more than happy to hear people's opinions on it, but it just made me, and I'm not like an easily offended person by any stretch of the imagination, but maybe as I've got a little bit older, I've become maybe a little bit less tolerant of having to hear things that aren't very nice towards other people. So as much as I wanted to play the game was as much as I remember, it's a really great game. Like just the actual wording that they use in it and the stuff and the amount of it in the first 10 minutes was just, so I turned off Mafia 2. So that's me and Mafia 2. I wish I could have played it. I wish I could have liked it. But I don't need to hear that kind of stuff like in my downtime. And I'm never going to be able to relate to a character um, or feel any sort of compassion I want for a character that's using like such horrible, horrible language. So that's me and Mafia 2. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I, I, I agree, really. Like, and my, my thought process behind a lot of stuff like this when it comes to these historical games is um, attitudes would have been different then, but do they need to include it in the game to make a point or is it being gratuitous or is it just a, a throwaway comment here and there? But I think more often my thinking is if that wasn't in the game, would it take anything away from it? And it wouldn't. It's already a realistic game. It's already, you know, the world is very well realized and well built up within that game. It's very clear that they would, you know, a gang like that, a group like that would have been racist, but it doesn't need to be, the point doesn't need to be hammered home. And I would like to think, hope that as video as storytelling has got better in games that hopefully things like that wouldn't need to be quite as in your face and yeah. quite as um common in terms of going oh look remember these characters are racist remember oh don't forget about it we're only just started the game they're definitely racist because yeah, I, do you know, I think Rockstar are, and I know they're in a league of their own, but they are really, really good at handling sensitive issues, considering they are the creators of one of the most controversial game series of all time. They make fun and poke fun at everything, but they, I think, have dealt really, really well, and I'll get onto this a little bit more later, with issues of um, racism and similar things of a similar nature, actually. They can deal with it in the, in the storytelling in a way where it doesn't just become um, gratuitous. And I think Mafia 2 didn't do that. I do remember it, it being quite 
quite heavy and it tries to it goes at parts of its story with a sledgehammer anyway in places where it really tries to hammer home these sort of points and there was a little bit of that in mafia one as well with um them really laying it on thick about this uh domestic abuse essentially about this man beating his wife and it really really tried to 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 go really hard with the shock value of look how shocking this is look how shocking this this happened at the time and again i'm thinking at the time like i understand that the attitudes would have been slightly different but that they yeah they don't know how to handle the situation with enough balance like rockstar do so i think they just they got lost in it the thing is, because because I kind of stopped playing it within like 10, 15 minutes, you know, maybe the story does go on to give a more balanced view or some more context, but I never made it that far. But like at the start of it, it wasn't like, and they, they handle this Mafia 3 because you play a black guy so that you get lots of racist comments directed at you. And that's different in a way because for some people who've never experienced that that might be the only time that they actually see what it can be like sometimes to have people be mean to you based on something as stupid as what you look like but in mafia 2 they were just taking the piss like amongst themselves they were like making jokes to themselves about black people and calling them animals and stuff and i just thought what why is that in that and it's like and many games do it, you know, in the opening, you know, someone comes and picks you up or you get out of prison, even GTA does it, and you have a ride somewhere and, like, the people talk and that's when you find out about the characters and you find out about what's going on. And I just found it weird that just in that opening scene for the first 10, 15 minutes, they were just taking a piss and making, like, derogatory comments about people and there's no other context to it. So, yeah, that's why, yeah. It's, well, yeah, the, the, there have been articles written on Game Sutra and Escapist as well um, about saying that they strongly believe that because Mafia 2 does have so many racist elements, it was a large part in Mafia 3 of why they chose the protagonist that they did to try and to not backtrack so much, but to, to try and change the... the um, the dialogue to to change the narrative sorry that the people were having and yeah i could see that but um mafia 2 um not not gonna not gonna give that one an applause i don't really think it deserves one <laughs> um, i'm gonna talk a little bit about because i think it leads on quite nicely into the final game that i've been playing and um yeah grand theft auto 5 i know this game's been out ages but I, I still love it. I've got it on the Series S now, obviously, and um, I played the so much of this on the PlayStation 4, like so much. I played loads of the online. I've played uh, the story two or three times, but mostly the online. Played lots and lots and lots of it. And I started to feel a bit overwhelmed when I dipped back in on the PlayStation 4 around sort of six, seven months ago because of the amount of stuff that they'd added. You can go and buy these enormous yachts that you can land helicopters on. You can go and buy a bunker if you want to. It's like a full-on army base. There's motorcycle gangs riding around that you can join really easily there's 
VIPs that you can become if you've got enough money and have real players sort of protect you or will do missions for you or you can be one of the players protecting them. There's all sorts of stuff. There's loads of apartments you can buy. You can buy and sell like stocks and shares and stuff in the game and there's a casino with a nightclub. You can own a nightclub. You can own an arcade and real players visit them. It's it's just that the amount of things that you can do, this is, and I was thinking about this, Grand Theft Auto now is the game that when I was younger, back playing the PlayStation 1, and you'd speak with your friends on the playground and say, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if there was this game where you could do this and this and this and this. Grand Theft Auto is that game because you can do anything. Like it's, it's, It feels like it's limitless at this point, the things that you can do. Um, and I, I mean, I was, I was wondering, I thought, right, okay, I've, I've nearly got enough money for an apartment, but I was wondering, is it possible to just buy somewhere to park my car so that I can keep my car? And yeah, you can just go and buy a two-car garage or a three-car garage and just literally have somewhere for that. And it's it's such a good game. I played um, for the Series S as well because I've never played Grand Theft Auto on the Xbox, I believe. Yeah, I haven't. Um, it's perfect because it means that I can play the story again and go for all the achievements and stuff. But the online, I've, my character is obviously ranked zero because my character on the PS4 doesn't cross over or whatever. So I started that again. And that was weird, starting out with no money, no apartment, no cars, compared to the PlayStation 4 version where I had like an enormous penthouse. I had loads of cars, BMXs and all sorts of stuff um, to, to start again. But I, I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, I'd spend some time driving around, go to the casino, do the daily spin to try and win some stuff. I um, do get into a few firefights with, with random players like you do, but I'm finding there's a little bit of a shift or either that or I'm just being a little lucky with the rise in these videos and the role play side of, because the role play videos do really well on stuff like TikTok and YouTube and all the rest of it. There are people that are more so coming up to you and talking to you now. Whereas GTA back in the day was you see someone, you shoot them. That's it. The end. I am noticing that there is a bit more of a trend of people kind of talking or just people leaving you be and just letting you get on with it. And, uh, the yeah the uh, i just think that the online is is just absolutely brilliant in the game and because it's on the series s now the main problem i used to have with the gta online was the loading screens took an eternity so it was never the type of game that i could just go i'm going to play that for an hour because i'd spend most of that time sat in loading screens it would take ages to load into the real into the online then once you'd loaded into the online and you wanted to do a mission it would take ages to load into that mission or if you wanted to do a race or whatever it would take ages to load in and everything just used to take a really bloody long time but on the series s i click online it loads, but it's for a really short amount of time, and I'm in the game. I do a mission, it loads for a really short amount of time, and I'm in the game. And it's like, yeah, it's it's just made the whole process much smoother and much better for me. And I'm looking forward to just putting in some more time and growing my character. And I'm going to stick with this character as well and just really try and 
beast him out and get him as as, as amazing as possible. Is it a game? Is it a game you can play? My experience of GTA Five Online is played it after it been going through. Played it at the very start when there was nothing to do on it, so it was pretty shit. And then didn't play it for ages. Played it when there was already some stuff to get. Went on there. There were just people driving around in armored cars, just just headshotting you anytime they saw you. Or then you'd get some people that would just make it the mission ever you. Born, they will just track you down and just come and kill you again. I, I just can't, I, I can't be in this world without people coming and murdering me. So it's just, it was just unplayable to me. Um, I mean, there's a well, bit, there's a bit of that. There are occasionally players that that will come after you, and yeah, there are some armored cars and and things of that nature. But it's not. I, I feel maybe I've just got really lucky, but I feel like it's not been as bad you can um there are times where if i do get killed quite a few times in the same area i will either just leave the area and go explore a different one um if i can't be bothered to get into a firefight with them or i'll just enable passive mode so once you're in passive mode you can go and do whatever you want you can like you know go to the gun shop buy your guns do whatever you want to and no one can touch you or do anything and then disable passive mode when you when you want to sort of start fighting and things again but I, I i've noticed that the popularity of the i mean they're so popular on twitch they're super popular on youtube and tiktok these role play videos for gta where people i don't know if maybe those are changing people's mentalities slightly because i yeah like i say i've been going around doing different things and there's only been a handful of occasions for the few hours that i played this where people have just shot on site with, with no reason the majority of the time it has just been people have come up and chatted to me or just seen me and completely ignored me or just walked past and things and yeah it's it, i'm i'm just think that the things that they've added into this game because I played it at the beginning and there wasn't much, but the things that I've added in now, it, it it feels like it's possible to do anything. On the PS4 version, I owned an arcade club that had loads of different arcade machines in. I owned different penthouses and had loads of different vehicles. And I never got one of those super yacht things that you could land a helicopter on. Those looked amazing. Had like missiles and stuff on them. But I'm just, yeah love going back in and, and doing this and i'm surprised that they haven't got daily challenges that are as good as like red dead's ones uh, that keep people coming back but then i suppose that this game's still so popular that they don't need to um mm. but yeah it's really really good mm -hmm. nice maybe i'll revisit it but they're bringing out the sit the next gen version out there at some point so I think I'm kind of waiting for that to come out and then I'm going to just do the single player again three generations down the line. Yeah, but yeah, GTA, all good. And do you want to, do you want to finish off with yours? Yeah, I'll do mine quickly because um, I've not played too much of it, but speaking of Crime Capers, I've been playing Yakuza 3. Yakuza 3, it's much like 
all the other Yakuza games, <laughs> which I think are absolutely brilliant. So obviously this is the third, and all of the Yakuza games are on Game Pass, so I'm playing it on my Xbox. Um, again, this is a game that becomes instantly more enjoyable once you don't have loading screens. Um, and I've done a couple of hours on it. It's, it's Yakuza. It's the same as the other games. One of the differences is that this one takes place in, or oh, the start of it, and you, oh, yeah, pretty much the start of it, not the very start of it, but the start of it um, is in Okinawa. Um, so it's a, it is a change of scenery because they tend to all mostly be in the same um, place. But I'm just loving, I, lo- I absolutely love Yakuza games. I love the silliness. I love the seriousness. I absolutely love the combat. I love the fact that it's in Japan. I love the fact, I love, because I just love Japan. I love the fact that it's in Japanese. I just love everything about Yakuza. So I'm like two, three hours into that. I've not had as much chance to play it because I've been playing Resident Evil 7 in the day. And it is a dialogue heavy game. There's very, very long cutscenes. There's lots of dialogue, which is obviously subtitled. So it's not really a game you can put on at 10 o'clock at night and play for very long. Um, so I think once I've finished Resident Evil 7, I want to start playing, carrying on with Yakuza 3 in the day. Um, but that's Yakuza 3. And the last game I've been playing is, I mentioned most, there was to mention about it, was that was No Man's Sky um, and about how they had those expeditions. Now the expeditions were a timed thing. So it's like a community community expedition everyone goes on the same is in the same galaxy you go into the same spots and you have to do all these different types of challenges um there's five different um the expert the overall expedition is split into five different stages and within those stage each of those stages has a rendezvous point which is somewhere in the galaxy that you have to go to and it also has various little challenges whether that be like find a abandoned ship and um yeah find an abandoned ship or go to a specific type of planet or gather a certain amount of resource or upgrade your pack with a certain amount of upgrade and when you do all those things you you then pass each stage all five of those stages if you pass all five of those stages and you do the whole thing the reward was the ship from mass effect the normandy so you'd get that ship in the game it's not a ship that you can fly it's a ship that you can have as part of your fleet um you also get lots of other rewards along the way like lots of rewards whether that be upgrades money ships and stuff as you go through the expedition. Um, but I logged on on Saturday. I was, I think, most of the way through like the third stage, and there's five stages. And it said, oh, expedition ends in like six hours. And <laughs> I only had probably an hour that I could play it on. Things, this might be, I can't remember what it was. It was on Saturday or Sunday. I only had about an hour that I was playing. I was never going to complete it. So that was really disappointing. So the, the expedition finished. I never got the Normandy ship. Um, I did like three out of the five stages, but I had fun doing it anyway. And like the save, because when you do the expedition, you start a new game. But like I say, you get lots of rewards. Um, and then when the expedition finished, which it has, it just turns into a normal save. So on the other end of it, I have got like a character with, and I've got like two, three starships. I've got like a big, huge ship um, and lots of upgrades and stuff. Um, and I've seen that No Man's Sky have released another 
upgrade today which is called um the prism update and it's just basically another again another huge free update to the game where there's improvements like you're now able to have flying pets flying you're able to turn flying animals into pets and you can ride them they've improved all <laughs> the lighting they've improved the biomes again they've just done just loads of improvement another huge update which is just making me as soon as i read it today i was like I want to get it again and and carry on with the game. So yes, yeah, so that's No Man's Sky. I really enjoy the expedition. It's got me to want to play the game again. There's also this new Prism update, which I think was out today or the past couple of days. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. So I'm going to carry on with No Man's Sky. So yeah, so it's a big thumbs up from me from No Man's Sky, the game which I've had for five years now, and um, yeah, it just gets better and better and better um, for free. So yeah. You're making me me want to play this. You're making me want to jump back into it. Mm. Honestly, that 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 expeditions was the perfect time to do it because it kind of gives you a bit of a, a a kick up the arse and shows you lots of the new mechanics that have been brought in over the years that would be really hard to just do on your own. I assume there's going to be new expeditions, so maybe um, if you don't have loads of time to take your time and learn it, you can wait till one of the new expeditions comes out and jump on. What are you playing this on? Are you playing it on the Xbox or the PC? I'm playing it on the Xbox, yeah. On the mm. Series X. Yeah. I might, and I I might jump series, in. And, and the Series S and the Series X got like a next-gen upgrade. So the version that you would have played if you played two, three years ago, like it looks a lot better now. Like the planets and the grass and the weather and the animals, it looks... It, it looks worlds apart. And again, like this Prism update has come to improve that yet again. So it's definitely worth getting on there and having another look if you have any interest in it. Yeah, I will do. I played it when it first came out. But yeah, No Man's Sky. Awesome. So normally we would be moving on to Ask Dan, but it's very difficult to do Ask Dan without having Dan to ask. So um, I'm very sorry, Harmar. It's going to be another week. He said it like weeks ago and I forgot to put it in last time Dan was here. We can't do it this week, but it will be top of the list. First question to Dan when he does come back and uh, Lord will get your question to Dan as well. And anyone else that would like to ask Dan a question for next week's show, do send it over. There's a section on discord or you can tweet us or Facebook us and all that stuff. And um, there's no Metacritic quiz this week because it would be uh, fairly unfair. We definitely end up getting the points because there's only one possible person that can um, answer at a time so no metacritic quiz no music quiz because i've not had time and for similar reasons but we do have a topic of the week it's time for topic of the week And the topic of the week is, was, is, is, yeah, we'll go with is, is the, what is the best mission in a video game? Now, Nessie, what would you say is your favourite or the best mission in a video game? Um, one of the ones which I don't think I've seen mentioned is B 
beach, the Omaha beach landings on Call of Duty way back in the day. Was it, or was it Call of Duty 2? I can't remember. Was it been the first Call of Duty, World War II job here? I played this on the PC and it was a bit of a, like a video game version of, well, obviously, I was going to say of Saving Private Ryan. Obviously, that is the actual beach landing, so I'm going to cut the film out um, and just say, yeah, it was it was the first really great rendition of um, Omaha Beach Landings. And I remember at the time just being absolutely amazed at how it looked, how difficult it was, and just the whole, the whole of that game. But it was, and also because it was the first mission as well, it was just such an amazing introduction to the game. And I would say that's probably one of my favourite games of all time because I was really into World War II and stuff at the time. But yeah, that mission for me is one of the best missions in the game. Because you, you come off the boat and you have to like, obviously make it and like try and hide... And it was really, it was just really hard to do. Like there was some some aspects, it was like pot luck as to whether you got through or not, which is, you know, obviously realistic as to how it would have been. Um, yes, yeah, so that's my that's my best mission in the game that I can think of. It's, what about you? It's really this is really strange that you should say that. Mine isn't the same game, <laughs> right? But and I've got this written down, so I'd already written down my answer to this one beforehand. So I've got it right in front of me. And it it, it does involve D-Day. It does involve an opening mission where you um come out of the come out of those um ships onto the beach and you have to fight your way through. But it was Medal of Honor and I believe it was Medal of Honor Frontlines, I think it was, that it was in. And this was like, yeah, the frontline D-Day landing on the PS2 and it was great absolutely great like you start off in the uh little boats and there's like one character being sick and characters looking nervous and talking to each other and then yeah the shit hits the fan you it goes all in slow motion when you're under the water and the bullets are flying past and it was just excellent. You've got to assault these two. It still sticks in my mind, even though it came out a really long time ago and I played this years and years ago, still sticks in my mind um, because of how good it was and how you had to assault these bunkers that were on the beach and blow those up. And then you got inside the bunkers and had more enemies to fight. And it was just really tense and really difficult and it, you couldn't just sprint out into the middle of the beach because you'd get shut down really, really quickly. Like you really had to plan carefully the parts you were going to to go to. And even if you planned it with perfect precision, you would still get hit a few times because of of just the nature of the mission. And it was the sound I remember as well. And I, I rarely care about the sounding game, especially because I'm I'm uh, partially deaf anyway. But the and a player from his subtitles, but the the sound in this game, I just can remember it now how good it was because when you went under the water, you'd hear like the bullets like hitting the the sand in sort of you know and slowing down as they go through the water, and you could hear bullets ricocheting off the side of the ship and the, the helmets of, of of the other other people, and it, it, at the time it. it was doing things in a game that other games just weren't doing that they weren't they didn't have this sense of realism in other games at the time 
to this extent. And it was, it was, I mean, maybe some stuff on PC did, but on the PlayStation 2 didn't. And it was just phenomenal. And yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite uh, missions in a game um, ever. I'm think I'm thinking that it wasn't Call of Duty that I'm talking about. <laughs> I think I'm talking about. I think I'm talking about the same game. <laughs> about, I've just done a little bit of googling, and I think because I had them both at the time. I think I had Call of Duty first, um, and then I had this, and I think we're talking about the same game. So, See, because other than other than the original, other than my first Call of Duty that I ever played was Call of Duty Three. So before that, I didn't play one or two. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely remember it being in Medal of Honor and just being blown away by it. And that was back then as well. It was a time where I wasn't old enough to go out and buy my own games. I didn't have the money to do so. I was still young enough that my parents were buying games when it was the early PS2 era. Um, so, yeah, my dad was really heavily into first-person shooters and especially war-based ones and i remember just he was the same he played the this this level of this game over and over again he completed medal of honor and then he, he keep going back and playing the first mission over and over um it was just so good let's hear from the community what they had to say so uh rich webster the first one says oblivion who done it part of the dark brotherhood quest line the goal is to kill all of the guests in the house without anyone witnessing any of the murders everyone starts getting paranoid and pointing fingers now i don't remember this quest specifically but i remember the dark brotherhood quests and having to murder people and they first get in touch with you don't they in oblivion once you've murdered someone and then they you wake up in your bed and they're like oh you've killed someone go and do this and do this and i've loved those quests they were so much fun um but yeah do you want to should we switch this up should we take one each yeah let's do that yeah uh we've got armar with lair of the shadow broker on mass effect 2 he says it was fantastic dlc went on for a long time which was great and you had shep and liara side by side kicking ass and taking names wonderful do you play the dlc on mass effect 2 i played the game but i don't think i played any of the dlc no i rarely play dlc for games to be honest mm. i just feel like once the game's done for me it, it's just done like um yeah i rarely ever play it i think i could count on one hand the amount of times that i've bought dlc for something that's how few times i bother with it to be honest doesn't the mass effect this new edition that comes with loads of dlc doesn't it included might be, i'm going to play that at some point so it might be a good opportunity to play some of the dlc that i never played the first time around Definitely. Uh, Armar also says, every time I see the word Azure, I chuckle to myself, true Mass Effect heads will know what I mean, coquettishly. I don't know what he means. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a Mass Effect head. I, like, I love Mass Effect. Really, lo- really, really love them. Uh, I enjoyed the multiplayer as well. I think it was one of the few people that did. And I need to get back to Andromeda. It's on my pile of shame. It's on my list. I will play it. Um, but And I will play this this Legendary Edition as well, but I'm not too much into the lore of this game. Like I've not read the books. I couldn't tell you specifically about the missions or anything. But yeah, quite, quite weirdly, 
I know everyone says two is like amazing, but one was my favourite one. I loved it. I liked how it was difficult. I liked, yeah, I liked how the Mako worked. Uh, one was my definitely my favourite one. Um, I don't know what the word is your means. I can't remember. We all know my memory fails me more times than I care to remember. So generally, when I play a game, three two months after playing it, I can't even tell you what the story of the game was. Um, but he did use the word coquettishly, and coquettish is just my favourite word ever in the world. So, <laughs> what kind of hotel is this? Um, capricious, capricious frog says, not sure if this counts because it's a whole quest line rather than one mission. But the bloody barren in which the three remains one of the most memorable to me. It's incredibly grim at times, utterly enthralling. Yes, one hundred percent. I assume you've. I assume you've played The Witcher, and I've played The Witcher genuinely about seven or eight times, and I never get past about three hours in. Oh, really? Which such a good game. I know it's a good game, and I, I played The Witcher two multiple times multiple playthroughs loved the game the witcher 3 of yeah i keep and i'll end up going back to it again and i start playing it and i go wow this is fantastic this is really good and then i stumble into an area where something just absolutely dominates me and i end up giving up too easy like i got the last time i played it i did the mission where you go to that sort of tower area there's like this tower and something's happened there where loads of people have died and there's a ghost that's there i think as well um and yeah i just kept dying over and over at that point it's but i need i need to go back into it and to play it because i also did get this game for free as well it was given away free on good old games at one point so it's not like i, I can't play it i looked into what as your means in terms of mass effect and it's what um it's a com it happens in a conversation between liara and shepherd and liara tells shepherd what as your means and the line is Azure, it's a luxury resort with an exotic edge. Azure is a slang is slang for a part of the Asari body in some areas of the Lily Ilium? Ilium? Ilium. So I'm guessing mm. it's another word for the sploosh, the clunge, the alien alien the, parts. The, yeah, the alien parts, <laughs> to put it politely. Um, <laughs> loads of, I was going to say alien, loads of words, all of them were just disgusting. So I just smelled <laughs> so them parts. <laughs> and this, is, this is very much a family show. <laughs> <laughs> but on, on The Witcher 3, and because um, we've had DLC mentioned for Mass Effect 2, but the Blood and Wine DLC of The Witcher 3 and that's like 20 hours long or something. It's amazing. It's really, really good. And that is, if we count in a quest line or DLC, then that would definitely be up there for me. It was the, the DLC for Blood and Wine. It was brilliant. Really yeah, brilliant. I've heard other people say that. I'm sure I heard Gamer Girl talk about that a while back as well, saying how good the Blood and Wine DLC was. Um, next up, we've got... No, you've read that one. Uh, Clean House on modern warfare 2019 the clean house one this sounds familiar if this is what i think it is 
Um, oh, yeah. Is this that really good mission where, yes, it is, you go in and yeah. you work your way you work your way through um, different rooms and it's just that mission blew me away. I felt like it was ultra realistic in terms of like how it looks and how you cleared the rooms. It was great. I've never played it and I really want to play that. I've played many, many campaigns, um, but I'm not interested in the multiplayer on Modern Warfare, but it's because the price is still always so high. I don't just want to buy it for like a four hour campaign, but I remember seeing that, level on the advert for it and thinking it looks absolutely amazing so as soon as i can get this at a reasonable price i'm gonna play the campaign just to play this level because it looks really really good i really liked the campaign i thought it was brilliant it does only take about five hours it's not long Mm. and yeah i did get quite into the multiplayer at one point yeah the 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 campaign wait for it to, to drop in price if you know hopefully it will but it's it's worth it it's definitely worth it it's i thought it was good it it was good there was there were some really good missions in it right so next we've got lord who says uncharted 2 train level or half-life 2 dark energy the train level is definitely brilliant that's like the opening it's like the opening one is the opening level on Uncharted 2. Um, yeah, that's that's really, really good. I have played Half-Life 2, but I can't think of what the Dark Energy reference is. What's that? I don't know. I'm playing Half-Life 2 at the moment. I've been playing it on and off for months uh, because I've never completed it before. Um, so I'm not going to look it up and find out. <laughs> no. I, can't, I, can't, I can't think of what that is. I've played it but many, many years ago. Um, I would play it again, but... Remember there being the levels in the game that really pissed me off. Let me that prison one. Whenever I think of playing it, that's the only bit I can imagine. It makes me want to not want to play it again. There was one particular bit that was pissing me off where you have to walk across a bridge that's like broken up and balanced on all these beams because mm-hmm. jumping about in first person is always bloody horrible for platforming. Um, I did realise I was making it way, way, way harder than it had to be, and there were walkways that I could actually, you can actually get to. <laughs> Instead, I fucked off the walkway, goes to try and walk on these tiny little beams, and did actually make it. <laughs> but it, I realised it, took, and then I did a really dumb, dumb thing. People that know Half Life Two will, will realise how stupid this is. So you've got to get all the way across this bridge, like, and it's all broken up. You get to the other side. And you've got to press a button to switch this beam off to get your car through it. So I got all the way to that side, took out the enemies that were in that room, went back across the bridge, standing all the beams, went right the way under, through all the rooms, through all the doors and everything, backtracked to myself, got back to my car, realized that I, uh, and then thought, what's going on? Like this beam's still in front blocking my car. Like I can't carry on. I can't progress. So I did go to a walkthrough because I tried everything that I felt like I could try at that point before realizing I had to go all the way back across the bridge again, because I hadn't pressed the button that was in the room at the end (laughs) to switch the barrier off. (laughs) So yeah, I did go all the way back across but i knew that that's that's how i know that the walkways were there because i spotted them the second time i was like oh there's a fucking walkway to the side at least you didn't do it twice to be fair yeah so i went back across pressed it 
and then carry it on. But I'm 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 only playing that like here and there in 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 little little short bursts because it makes my laptop really really bloody hot. Okay, so Tim Kelly said uh, the best mission or quest for him was the Blooded Baron quest chain from The Witcher 3. Hadn't played a quest like it in any game. It was dark, surreal, grim, and the aftermath left me shaken and pissing my pants. <laughs> um, that's two two mentions for the Bloody Baron so far. Um, next, we've got Ben Jones. It's a toss-up between two for me, as they are so far removed from each other. The start of Saints Row 3, possibly 4, where you skydive into the apartment and clear it out as it plays Power by Kanye West. Or the last section of The Last of Us 1, the hospital level, is especially crushing. Not sure a game has hit me as hard as that ending. Good choices there. Ne- didn't play Saints Row three or four, uh, but it sounds like it's a good, um, it's a good, it's a good level. It's making me want to play the game, um, and obviously the Last of Us one, the ending. We won't talk too much about it in case someone's not played it. But yes, great, great. Yeah, question. I'm a massive fan of Saints Row. Uh, massive, massive fan of Saints Row. Uh, it is Saints Row three. Saints Row four was shit. Saints Row four they made using a car completely pointless or using any vehicle pointless because in Saints Row 4 you're like a superhero so it's more like Crackdown you could jump and sprint through the air to the point you're almost flying you can jump over buildings and yeah it it became completely pointless because using a car or a vehicle in Saints Row 4 is the slowest possible way you can get anywhere but Saints Row 3 this mission when, when he sent this in through our Facebook group, he, I've, I've remembered it. It was brilliant. The way that they use licensed music in Saints Row Three is fantastic because it, Kanye West's power is the only licensed song in Saints Row Three. They do it a few times without overdoing it. They drop in certain soundtracks to certain uh, songs and use it really well as parts of the story. And for Saints Row Three, it's brilliant so you're inside of an airplane and you're flying along and the you've got to drop down onto this rooftop of this um hotel where there's like a pool bar and stuff on the top and fight off all these enemies that are there and just before you jump to drop down and parachute onto the top of the roof, Kanye West's Power starts playing, which is a fantastic song anyway. And then, yeah, you just parachute down while that song's playing and you drop down and you, you're firing at the different enemies that are running out at you to, while the music's playing. And it, it's just so bloody good. Um, and it must have been good for Jonesy as well, because I know that that's not sort of normally his type of music. Um, absolutely excellent. Uh, Gavlar says Mass Effect 2 suicide mission, baby. I loved the witness protection mission from Hitman Blood Money. Oh, and not really a mission, more of a level, but I spend hours running around the cool, cool mountain level from Mario 64. Love the ice slide with the penguin. Oh, and also throwing baby penguin off the side of the cliff. <laughs> That's a strange aspect of a game to like, the killing of baby penguins. <laughs> um, greasy greasy Fish Lips is our next one. Um, and this is a game that's hardly mentioned twice. But this, the way this whole thing is phrased, is just <laughs> the best way it could be phrased. So here's Greasy Fish Lips. The Witcher. There is a mission on there where you had to make a decision on 
baby on the fire or not. That's always stuck with me. <laughs> Throwing a baby on a fire. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same. It's it's the same um, bloody Baron. It's that. <laughs> it's that level. Well, I just absolutely love the way that he's described <laughs> yeah. it. Throwing a baby on a fire or not. That's always stuck with me. <laughs> do I? Yes. Do I throw this? So, because so, I've not played that mission in my head. That is, Garol is walking along, and someone comes up and says, "There's a fire there. Do you want to throw this baby on it?" And you just have to choose yes or no. <laughs> um, I like the idea of greasy fish lips. Maybe a couple of times a week, hopping and like staring off into the in, into the sky and thinking. Should I have thrown that baby? Should I have not thrown that baby? <laughs> really tough decision. Um, <laughs> Mint safe says Borderlands 2. Guy repeatedly asks you to shoot him in the face. Shoot him in the face and the mission is complete. Excellent. <laughs> Again, another game that I've played. Another part of the game that I can't remember. Uh, but it sounds like my kind of mission. Um, Gamer Girl, the psychoman. You had to plug the controller into the second play spot so he couldn't read your mind. Anytime, oh, anytime you took out major monsters in The Witcher 3, Griffins, Fiends, Leshens, etc. Oh, sure, I might get my ass kicked first time out, but there's something very satisfying about finishing off big bad after a long fight. I guess that's the bit that you're just not doing. You're getting killed by these and you're not sticking it out and then get that sense of satisfaction from the Yeah. I get the sense of I get the sense of satisfaction of turning it off and uninstalling it. <laughs> and what she mentioned with the Psycho Mantis mission in Metal Gear Solid, that is definitely up there with one of my top three missions ever. I remember that being unbelievable the things that metal gear solid one did no game was doing at the time no game i'd never heard of a game do that like for that psycho mantis mission you'd fight him and he could read at that point in the game it would read your memory card and if you had other konami games on there um i can't remember the specific games off the top of my head but it he would reference them in the game and he would say, oh, I see that you like to play such and such or such and such. And it would read them um, from your memory card. Um, and because he was he was one of their first characters as well um, to uh, break the fourth wall in terms of the, the storytelling. And um, yeah, in the Twin Snakes version, which came out in the GameCube, he would speak about even more games. So in the original, he'd say things like, oh, I see you play Castlevania. Um, but in the later version, he could even say things like, uh, in the Twin Snakes one, oh, I see you played The Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker, or Super Smash Bros, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, being able, with Psycho Mantis, I remember playing that boss fight back in the day, and you try and shoot at him, and he'd just block it. You'd try and throw a grenade at it, he'd counter it. He could just counter everything you did. And the only way to, to beat him was to take your controller out of controller port one on a single player game and put it in controller port two and he couldn't read your mind. And that was just a mind blowing for me that was playing that. How, how are you, how are you meant to figure that out though? 
He drops very subtle hints in terms of him being able to do that. Very subtle hints. And you could phone people on the codec for help and he, they drops very small hints. I think eventually if you really keep ballsing it up, someone on the codec does tell you. But Metal Gear Solid 1 also in the game, they would reference this number of this character that you needed to call on the codec that they'd keep saying, oh, and, and they kept on saying, oh, it's on the back of a disc. It's on the back of the case for the disc. They, they kept saying that. And there are different discs within the game and things, but I could, couldn't find this fucking code anywhere. And then my dad, it was my dad that figured out, cause he was playing it similar time to me. He figured out that it was the code that you needed was actually physically on the back of the game case. So in the game, they never mentioned that it was on the back of you. It wasn't as cut and dry as the game case that you bought this game in. That's where it was because they mentioned discs and stuff in the game. You think that it's within the game, this code that yeah. you need, like this frequency, this, these three digits or five digits, but it wasn't, it was literally on the back of it. And it also was a, a reason that Hideo Kojima said he'd put that in to prevent um, as a sort of piracy measure at the time. So you'd only be able to get to that point in the game. Cause like we say, it, it wasn't that everyone had the internet and walkthroughs and stuff for it, where you could just go on there. Now you'd go on there. What is the code for this character? And it would just sh show you. But back then you'd get to that point. If you had a copied version of the game, that you didn't have the original case. You're not going to have the original case for the game for you. just wouldn't be able to get any further. <laughs> but it was just, yeah, that, that was mind blowing at times. It's still a fantastic game now. Um, yeah. Womble MK3 says five of the raids from Destiny, Vault of Glass, Wrath of the Machine, King's Fall, Last Wish, and Deepstone Crypt, and being a Sherpa for the above raids. Nothing brings me more joy than listening to the joy of folks completing their first run through on a raid. The Destiny head. I've played it, played a hell of a lot of Destiny 1, loved it, never played Destiny 2. Yeah, me neither, really. So, yeah, it, look, it looks like fun, but again, it's just one of those. When I've tried to play with my friends, in fact, we all started Destiny 2 together, but they, we played like one night together. This is my friend Leroy, and then I went on again about four nights later, and like they were already like level, ridiculous levels and stuff, <laughs> like on level three, and I was like, never mind. <laughs> so... <laughs> Lord says another one for Far Cry 3, burning the weed missions when the dubstep drops. Yeah, that's a great mission. Is it is it um Damien Marley? It's yeah. Damien Marley song, that Bundem in it. Yeah, that's great. I don't ever agree with burning weed, whether real or in computer games, but if I did have to do it, doing it to Damien Marley would be um the way that I'd want to do it. And it is yeah. a really cool mission. I remember really, really enjoying it. It was Damien Marley it? and Skrillex, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Good song. What's next week's topic? Next week's topic is what is the hardest mission in a video game? So not the best one, but the hardest, most difficult mission in a game. I've already got a few, which I will say for next week that were bastard difficult. <laughs> um, yeah, there are some games where the missions are just so incredibly tough. Um, but yeah, we'll save that for next week. 
and we don't have a 60 second interrogation but if you would like to do a 60 second interrogation it's a lot of fun get in touch with jay on twitter or tweet us on our twitter and we'll get you on there we have had quite a few speak pipe unfortunately we can't play those on tonight's show because um my setup is not the same as jay's and it yeah it's just it's not possible for me to to do them justice and to play them through this week so we will definitely play them but we'll do them next week if you can find out how you can contact us we want to hear about you we want to hear from you follow us on twitter follow us on facebook email, email us podcast at joysticks and chill.com Right. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Joysticks Chill. You can join our Discord. Details uh, for that are on Twitter on the pinned tweet. You can join our Facebook group, Joysticks and Chill. We have a lot of funny memes in the Facebook group as well and a good group of people chatting in there. And I always ensure that what I post in the Facebook group is different to what I post on Discord or on Twitter because if I've realised if someone followed us, follows us on Twitter and is in on the Discord and is on the Facebook group, they might just be reading the same thing three times essentially so I always try and make sure that what's on the Twitter is different to the Facebook and different to uh, Discord as well. You can email us and please do podcast at joysticksandchill.com You can follow us on Twitch Joysticks and Chill You can subscribe to our YouTube where we will be putting up some YouTube videos one day. Um, Joysticks and Chill. (laughs) You can leave us a voice message on SpeakPipe through um, typing in joysticks and chill speak pipe you can get it that way you can find it in the show notes as well uh, and please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and yeah give us a share give us a retweet on Twitter um, send out a carrier pigeon with the details of where people can download our podcast tell your friends tell your friends friends tell your relatives and distant family members about our show and yeah let's move on to shout outs so nezzy take it away who would you like to shout out Okay. Well, I want to shout out those of us that could not be here today. So, Dan and Jay, I can't wait to have you back on the show. I want to thank, I want to shout out you, John, because it's been great, just you and me. Mm-hmm. A, little, um, yeah, a little chat together, so that's been good. Um, I'll shout out Leroy for having me over at the weekend and spending all night creating some delicious meat. Um, yeah, so shout my family, of course, my beautiful wife, Heather, and my three children, because we've just had a nice time all spending time together. Um, definitely shout out all of the community. It's been loads of great responses in our topic of the week. Um, so thank you for everyone that has communicated with us there and everyone that's on Discord and Twitter and on Facebook. I don't have a Facebook account, so I can't see who that is. Um, and now 
have I hear that there's like exclusive content on Facebook that I'm never going <laughs> to. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it, really. Um, yeah, that's it. What about who? Who are you going to shout? Um, yourself. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed the show. Oh. I'll oh, give. Yeah. A shout out to Jay. I know he's working really, really hard and I know he really loves doing the podcast and um, I know it will be difficult for him not uh, not being on this one. Um, but it is going to happen occasionally where we certain times we won't be able to make it, certain times maybe miss, missing a show. That's just the the you know being realistic with with situations really but we all enjoy doing it we all get on really well um we're going to just keep we're just going to keep going and and keep having fun with it um i'm going to shout out uh dan as well i know he had a bit of a medical uh emergency he's okay he's safe he's got all of his fingers and toes um and yeah he's absolutely fine um but yeah i'll don't really feel a liberty to say anything else. He just had a bit of an emergency that he, he couldn't, he's the reason he couldn't make it tonight. I'm going to shout out Rich Webster um, and everyone else that um, responded to our questions. Armar, Capricious Frog, Lord, Tim Kelly, uh, Jonesy, Gavlar, Greasy Fish Lips, Mint Safe, Gamer Girl, Womble MK3, and Lord Womble Wank. <laughs> Um, I nearly called last week's episode Womble Wank and then realised that iTunes will not let me call uh, an episode Womble Wank and keep it up, most likely. Um, I want to shout out the Seal podcast as well. I bloody love that show. I was sitting there playing Wreckfest earlier in the week, just listening to them, and they're so good. They are so, so good. It's just, just they're a brilliant mix of, of personalities. They're good laugh to listen to and yeah they're just they're fan- fantastic podcast um i'm gonna shout out my beautiful wife and daughter it's been really nice being able to spend some time with them normally we're rushing around so much um but no we've we've had a chance to take a step back this week and and spend some time together and i want to shout out the overseas connection as well um, because yeah, uh, I'm having a good bit of banter with them, and I've got to give a shout out to Armar. I promise we will get the Ask Dan question asked to Dan as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, that's us. That's the show. Join us next week where there will hopefully be four of us. Peace and biscuits, bitches. <laughs> it's weird. One of his characters is a sniffer dog. Thank you for listening to the Joysticks and Chill Podcast. Don't forget to join the Discord. See you next time.